Welcome to Knoxville Chronicles, a podcast series produced by the Knoxville History Project, an educational nonprofit which researches and promotes the history and culture of Knoxville, Tennessee. The night the FBI collared a Nazi spy at the YMCA. On some of those July days, it rained just enough to steam everything up and make the soot smear. Knoxville was too distracted during wartime to make the joint look nice. Business came before beauty. Pro baseball was crippled by war, but that afternoon at Caswell Park, there was a game between Alcoa and the oddly named Frolics Inn, a cobbled together team starring some former Smokies players who were too old for the Army, like Knoxville-born Carl Doyle, who'd done some pitching in the big leagues before the war. The second-run Roxy Theater on Union Avenue at Walnut Street was playing the year-old movie Young and Willing, starring Susan Hayward and William Holden. Along with Al Jolson and Benny Goodman, Holden had been in town three weeks earlier in his lieutenant's uniform for a war bonds rally at the university. At the Tennessee Theater was Andy Hardy's Blonde Trouble, the latest Mickey Rooney comedy. Playing at the Riviera was the bridge of the San Luis Rey. In all, you could see a dozen movies downtown that Wednesday night. The Bijou was showing The Imposter, a movie of wartime intrigue. Meanwhile, the man everyone knew as Walter Othmer worked quietly as an electrician for Briscoe Electric at 722 Market Street, near the Pryor Brown Garage. At age 35, he lived at the YMCA at Clinch and Locust. The Y offered simple, dormitory-like accommodations for guys who didn't need anything more. A thin man with wire-rimmed glasses and a very small mustache Othmer impressed everyone as a humble, friendly fellow who missed his wife and child back in Germany. That Wednesday night, though, the local office of the FBI on the fourth floor of the Holston building got word from the Washington office to close in. Special Agent J.R. Ruggles and his men went to the YMCA and knocked on Othmer's door. He gave up without a fight and went with the agents to their offices three blocks away. There, with little resistance, he confessed that he had been a spy for Nazi Germany. The true story of Walter Othmer surprised his neighbors at the Y. Even the few who had heard him say nice things about Adolf Hitler. His full name was Maximilian Gerhard Waldemar Othmer. Born in Germany, he moved to America in 1929 and soon became an American citizen. However, living in Trenton, New Jersey in the mid-30s, Othmer became a leader in the pro-Nazi group Friends of New Germany, and later the German-American Bund. He'd returned to Germany on at least a couple of occasions, once in the winter of 1936 and 37. In November 1938, when he returned to enroll in an espionage training course, and became an expert in writing with invisible ink. In early 1940, during the Lind-Lease program, the United States, not yet fully at war, 
offered major assistance to the British, mostly by naval convoy. Despite his pro-Nazi background, Othmer found work as an electrician at Camp Pendleton near Norfolk, where he was able to watch the ships leaving the harbor bound for Great Britain. By messages in invisible ink, somehow conveyed to a drop box in Milan, Othmer alerted the Germans who did their best to torpedo the ships. In November 1941, he appeared on a U.S. watch list as a possible Gestapo agent of the Nazi Secret Service. Othmer claimed he quit spying after Germany declared war on the United States in December 1941. After that, his espionage would have been treason. But in February 1942, he received a payment via Shanghai of $500 for services rendered. In early 1943, U.S. authorities issued an individual exclusion order to ban Othmer from Norfolk. At the same time, a petition was filed to cancel his U.S. citizenship. One bit of evidence against him was his persistent interest in acquiring a painkiller called Pyramidon, an ingredient in an effective invisible ink. Othmer moved to Knoxville, a city of some interest to Nazi spies. It was the home of Fulton Salfon, which assembled a key component for the secret Norden bomb site, a known target of Nazi espionage. Knoxville was near Alcoa, a major supplier of material for warplanes. It was also home to the Tennessee Valley Authority, America's biggest government-controlled energy source, which was involved in the war efforts on several fronts. And there was Oak Ridge. Othmer applied for work at the Clinton Engineer Works, then only dimly understood to be part of a major weapons effort that would become more famous as the Manhattan Project. He was declined because of his German background. By then, the FBI was tracking him, and by some accounts, it sounds as if Briscoe Electric had been instructed to hire Othmer. In the summer of 1944, in the weeks just after D-Day, the FBI was trying to root out agents of the APFIR, Nazi Germany's intelligence organization. Washington-based agent Mark Felt was studying Othmer's file in particular. Though Othmer claimed to be a minor agent, Felt later wrote, his dossier suggested he was one of the most valuable APFIR spies in the United States. He sent word to the Knoxville office to arrest and interrogate Othmer. Local agents found him at the Y. Othmer refused to name other spies, but on his way to the federal pen in Atlanta, Othmer told Agent David Scruggs, You have been kind to me. Now I want to do something for you. He told him to check through a steamer trunk in storage at the Y, in particular for a German book called Weiss Tassenbach der Kriegsflotten, an illustrated guide to warships. Tucked in it was a negative photo of a typewritten message it was a key to a Nazi code Othmer had used. The find, Felt said, was an important link to other Nazi espionage cases. Othmer was found guilty and sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. 15 years later, he was apparently free and living with his wife in suburban Richmond when he died of cancer at age 50. Three decades after the war, Agent Felt, who had become the FBI's associate director, 
was more concerned about the clandestine machinations of his own government, but he kept a low profile. It was only at the age of 91 that Felt, the agent who had set in motion the arrest of Valdemar Othmir in Knoxville, would be revealed as the previously secret Watergate source known as Deep Throat. This story was written by Jack Neely and narrated by Todd Etheridge. Sound design and editing by Pete Carty. Theme song composed by Mike Stallings. For other podcasts and stories, please join us online at knoxvillehistoryproject.org or find us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. Funding for this podcast has been provided by Friends of the Knoxville History Project and Federal Award Number 21.027, awarded to the City of Knoxville by the U.S. Department of the Treasury and the Arts and Culture Alliance. Thanks for listening to Knoxville Chronicles.